0: Hi, this is Lauren Engel of Sidewalk Talk. I do a lot of interviews with EDM artists, pop artists, rappers, and people in the industry letting you know what they do behind the scenes. Also, make sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter through the handle Sidewalk Talk Show. Hope you guys enjoy. Hi, this is Lauren Engel of Sidewalk Talk. Today, I'm here with Anti Serum. Howdy. <laughs> I remember finding... Brick Squad Anthem. Yeah. Like five six years ago, it like blew my mind.
1: Yeah. I was like
0: oh. my
1: <laughs> That was kind of the one that that sort of set it off. I think it was August 2012. When
0: yeah. That was put so together. cool. And I started like going through yesterday and listening. I'm like, this is like still so amazing. Like yeah. having all the nostalgic moments.
1: <laughs> yeah. That that record is a special one for me still. You know, it's uh. It's kind of the I, when, when we wrote it. I was in this like. Point in my life, where I, I, I was sick at dubstep. Oh. I, I had just gotten off a tour of the Excision and Downlink, It was like the, this was in like 2011. It was the first um, like dubstep tour on a bus. And I was, I just got off that tour. It was sick, don't get yeah. me wrong, but I was just like, I can't listen to dubstep anymore. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's, it's stale now. So, and then Brick Squad kind of just popped out right after that. So,
0: it's, you were born in the Bay Area?
1: I was born in Lexington, Kentucky, actually.
0: Oh, and for your parents, you moved.
1: I moved to uh, Santa Cruz, California in 89. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, been doing this for a minute, but yeah, I, I grew up in in, in uh, Santa Cruz yeah. on the beach. Um, and then I moved to the Bay Inn in in uh, 2001 uh, to go to art school, oh. went to school for 3D. Yeah. Um, animation and stuff.
0: What do your parents do? Uh,
1: Dad's a doctor and my mom's an art major. Um,
0: So you get her creativity from... Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: (laughs) And my grandma is a concert pianist and she used to play at the silent uh, theater back in the day when it was just like you know, just a, a, a movie and, and no dialogue or anything. Just, just someone playing behind the screen. Yeah. So my grandma used to do that.
0: That's so cool. And she's
1: you know, just an amazing pianist. How so, do
0: you describe yourself back then growing up?
1: Um, back then, um, I was really into skateboarding and surfing. I, mm-hmm. Growing up in Santa Cruz, you like had to do that or else you'd get jumped, you know, <laughs> you'd get beat up if yeah. you weren't a surfer. So yeah, I spent a lot of time on the beach. Uh, and skateboarding Um, was always you know into art and stuff but early on I was like a programmer I I used to program stuff like when America online was around Mm -hmm. I don't know if you remember that it's kind of old but it was like one of the first like internet service providers but I used to write uh, like hacking programs for America online that would like interface with that
0: how old were you Uh,
1: 13 14 yeah like really young but I was really into that just from an early age, just computers, technology, and whatnot, um, mm-hmm. and that's kind of what drove me to go to to art school for 3D. Yeah. I just really I saw I remember seeing Jurassic Park and The Matrix when they came out. I, was
0: like,
1: <laughs> I gotta do this shit.
0: Um, Were your favorite subjects back then like subjects? art and computers? You yeah. didn't even have that in high school, right? Yeah, I
1: kind of I kind of sucked at high school. Like I was always ditching class and like, you know. Kind of fucking around. Yeah. Going to the beach. Um, <laughs> I did alright though. I passed. <laughs> uh, I just like right out of high school, I just went right up to SF and went to the um, Academy of Art.
0: Yeah. What kind of music were your parents playing in the house when you were growing up?
1: Mm, good, uh, good question. Um, my dad, I, like, he used to play a lot of The Who and Phil Collins, Genesis. Def Leppard, he was, he's a big rocker guy, Neil Young, um, you know, he used to always just play, play these vinyl records to me when I was a baby, and I, I have these, like, these memories of just, uh, him playing records, you know, Mm -hmm.
0: um. Do you remember the first CD you bought?
1: The first CD? Yeah. You know, uh, the, I don't really know the first CD I bought, but I can remember, like, the first electronic CD I bought that kind of, like.
0: Electronic city. That
1: sort of cha- like oh, wow. changed the direction. I, I was in New York. And it, this was right when the Prodigy Fat of the Land album came out. And I remember going to Tower Records, which probably isn't there anymore. Because um, most of them shut down. But mm-hmm. I remember buying that album, Prodigy Fat of the Land, with the little um, crab on the cover. And I don't know. That was probably the first like album I bought that really sort of struck a chord with me. hmm before that, I was listening to a lot of like gangster rap from. Yeah,
0: you're really into hip hop, like Bay Area. Yeah, yeah,
1: huh? yeah. Um, but when I was young, like 13, 14, I was listening to like Too Short, Tupac, like all the Bay Area gangster rap shit. I yeah. was just, like so into.
0: You were kind of in the scene back then, right? The hip hop scene in Bay Area?
1: A, l- a little bit. Um, I like, I made rap beats like for uh, kids from my from my high school, Mm -hmm. like in Fruity Loops version 2, which is now like probably version 10 or 11, I don't even know. (laughs) But um, yeah, I was just messing around, like it never really took it seriously. Mm -hmm. um, Until I heard drum and bass music, and like right when I went to college, like in, you know, 2001, 2002, um, that's kind of like, I was like a hip-hop head and then I heard drum and bass, it was like Dillinger or something. I was like hooked after that, yeah. just totally. And that's and then I ended up like dropping out of high yeah. school and DJing and shit. Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: Did you have like a moniker before?
1: Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. When I played drum and bass, my alias was CMOS.
0: Oh, is stuff still online? What? What's that? Is stuff still online? Are they gonna find
1: it? <laughs> well, there's no records. I like oh, I was so really just... like I started just by DJing, really. Like yeah. I played vinyl, like drum and bass vinyl.
0: Oh. At
1: these like warehouse break and rave parties. So I started out doing that like before really diving into production mm-hmm.
0: stuff. Did you already have a fan base from that?
1: No, no, not really. I mean, just maybe in the bay, I don't know. Mm-hmm. It was, you know, it was just like me and all, all the homies just, um, you know, throwing these generator mini raves in, in these like, you know, old abandoned warehouses and shit in the bay. They like, no one does it anymore. But that's kind of where I got to start, you know, just playing vinyl. Um, and I remember, like, the first gig I ever did with vinyl, I remember being so nervous and, like, trying to lift the, um, you know, the needle tone arm mm-hmm. on the record, and I couldn't do it because I was shaking so oh, much. Oh, wow. It, I just, I really, like, vividly remember everything about that moment. It was just, uh, but, you know, that's kind of. That first gig, I was hooked after that. Even though I was scared shitless. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> um, what made you wanted to study 3D modeling.
1: I mean, as soon as like that movie Jurassic Park and like The Matrix came out, I was like, I knew I wanted to do that.
0: So you wanted to get into like film.
1: Yeah, 3, 3D animation, 3D modeling. Um, uh, I wanted to go work for Pixar.
0: Oh, that's cool.
1: And like, it was going in that direction. Like, I was really close to doing it, and then. Drum and bass kind of, kind of messed me up. I got like hooked on it. Oh. And then. Did
0: you do some like internships or like how were you getting towards that direction?
1: I, I didn't have any internships yet. I basically went to, to the school for 3D for like three years, and uh, and then just bailed on it. hmm Because
0: um, your career was picking off, or you just was. Not like even good... that.
1: It was just like, you know, my passion was just like just making a turn. You know, like. I was just more into sound art than visual art, like, Mm -hmm. the school, going to art school really turned me off because there was a lot of, like, stuff I could learn on my own just by reading books and stuff, you know? Mm -hmm. And I don't know. I'm glad I, I, you know, I I went the path I did, because here I am now. Still still doing music stuff.
0: (laughs) Did it ever occur to you to study music?
1: Um, no. You know, and I have no actual, like, formal music training. Mm-hmm. It's all just trial and error and, you know, just exploring, really. Mm-hmm.
0: Was college something that your parents wanted you to do, or did you kind of, like, want to degree yourself? Well,
1: yeah, I mean, they, they wanted me to go. I wanted to be independent. I think every kid wants, when they turn 18, they want to get out of their house. So I sort of just took the first, um, first opportunity I could get to get the hell out of, my parents house.
0: yeah
1: but um but yeah no regrets you know mm-hmm. looking back
0: how did he come up with their name
1: uh so i mean it's basically <laughs> like anti-serum uh it, like when it was first started like a long time ago it was there's a few of us actually in it um Three guys. The name, I just like we were honestly, just looking through, no. like a Triceratops or something. <laughs> and it just struck a chord with me. And then I, you know, I later realized that it's like, you know, my dad's a doctor, and it kind of ties in with oh. with that. Like, serum is like a anti-venom type deal. Um, you can Google it. It's, I don't want to.
0: <laughs> I mean, I, I honestly don't know yeah.
1: that much about you know the scientific Mm -hmm. shit behind the name but so
0: the other people left
1: yeah yeah so it was like three of us starting and we were all doing drum and bass stuff initially and um it's probably like 2007 Mm -hmm. is when like i've pretty much been doing it since then solo Mm a little over 10 years 11 years
0: were you working at like grace cathedral
1: yeah 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 (laughs) um yeah that's funny you brought that up so you know, right before I made the transition to being a full-time musician, I was working at a church in San Francisco, one of the biggest churches. Um, you know, Marilyn Monroe got married there. It's like oh, a real, wow. real historical uh, church, Grace Cathedral. So I worked there for like seven years almost. Why did you
0: choose to work there?
1: Uh, well, I, you know, I dropped out of the Academy of Art. And was living in San Francisco, you know, I had to get a job. So I found this nine-hour-a-week yeah. job at Grace Cathedral, and then it slowly turned into a full-time gig, and I was pretty much...
0: You're like, you did everything.
1: I was running the joint. Like, I was doing everything there except for actually preaching and yeah. doing sermons and stuff. Were like, you I, religious? Uh, Jewish. Oh. And it's an Episcopal church, so it was... But it was cool, really great job. And the, the cool part about it was... Under the church, there's a recording studio in the crypt.
0: Yeah, didn't to record like a, what's a Bulgarian?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I used to record a lot of stuff in the church because it had this, this big natural, like, 11-second cathedral reverb. It sounded amazing. And we'd get all these cool, we had like Carlos Santana come through. Um, Katie Lang. And then we'd get these like choirs that would come through. And so I would, you know, I'd be at the controls for a lot of these concerts. So I would constantly be taking a lot of the, the material, you know, and trying to incorporate it into my music. So I, I do have a record out called Bulgarian Funk from a long time ago that has this Bulgarian women's choir that I recorded. 2011, that's when that Excision Downlink tour popped up. I had to sort of choose between Going on tour with Excision, or keeping my nine to five. So.
0: Oh, so you already met a lot of people before that, like Mayhem.
1: Um, I didn't know Mayhem at that time, but I've known Jeff Excision for a long time, probably since um, 2007, maybe. Mm Mhm. Um, known him for a while. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I basically quit my job and went on the road with Excision Downlink for a couple months. It was, I think it was pretty much the first dubstep, like bus tour, bar ticket bus tour. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: How are you like getting yourself out there initially?
1: Initially, uh, well, I met him on uh, the internet on, on AIM, which is not around anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and we just like, were mutual fans of each other's work. and. Um, and then we got together, it was, yeah, like 2012. I think we started writing some stuff. And our first records were like kind of dubstep kind of trappy, like a blend. And then um, Brick Squad was probably the first one that sort of created a little bit of a wave. Did um, you have a
0: marketing plan for your early stuff, like resetting to blogs? Well, people were like, it was different back then. It was
1: different. Yeah. You know, it's like You've now it it's.
0: YouTube, it's, I don't know, or SoundCloud?
1: um yeah soundcloud was was the main platform for you know we basically just pushed that tune out for free this was before spotify um before a lot of the um you know new copyright laws that that don't really let you put stuff like that out there anymore you know I mean we mm-hmm. basically had all these samples in there. So
0: were you working at this job and then kind of like in your free time, you were like networking online, like pushing. Yeah. Yeah. There.
1: So with, with the Grace Cathedral gig, I was basically, um, I mean, if my boss ever sees this interview, he's going to roll his eyes, but I was putting the majority of my time at Grace Cathedral into anti-serum. You know, I was doing a little bit of work for Grace, holding it down. But mm-hmm. whenever I got my work done, I'd go to the studio in the crypt and write and just listen to stuff, just, you know just geek out. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, was it difficult like after you quit that like living financially?
1: Or was, was a, your
0: career stable enough?
1: It, no there was no stability at all. I mean I basically had one opportunity to go on a 30-40 date bus tour you know and after that I didn't really have any sort of plan so I took a big risk you know.
0: So you kind of just knew everything would work out somehow.
1: I didn't actually <laughs> I just I just knew that if like I said no to going on that bus tour, like mm. I would look back years down the line and be really upset about that, yeah. you know.
0: You think that was a big launching pad for you?
1: A hundred percent. That mm. was the turning point, you know. Um, and and like I don't regret it one bit. It was it was such a fun tour. Yeah. Um really special, you know, we were on a on a bandwagon tour bus, which <laughs> is like the the budget tour bus now i know excision has like probably four or five tour buses now on his <laughs> on his run he's really upgraded quite a bit <laughs> but um, but yeah we had a lot of fun it was really special back then really fresh you know um, it was a, it was a new thing to do a bu- uh, a bus tour you know for dubstep with a pk sound system
0: mm-hmm. but, did you ever have difficulties with your Earth fun basis after changing like genres and type of styles yeah
1: you know things are always changing um now especially it's you know um kid especially the dubstep crowd they're very hardcore you know they they, they want to have their you know they, they just like dubstep for the most part <laughs> i don't know they i feel like a lot of the dubstep crowd is very they're kind of mm-hmm. like jungleists like the drum and bass guys that i used to associate with we're just like drum and bass only yeah you know it's gotta be drum and bass but it doesn't really bother me like I I like all styles of music um and I try to make like a lot of different styles of music Mm -hmm. you know
0: did you ever feel like you had pressure to like stay calm with the times and change your style
1: um not really I think it's just like I think a lot of producers myself included we just get kind of bored with certain certain sounds formulas and whatnot um, and like one, you know the dubstep thing like i think i just it just wore me out after that tour with excision and the trap stuff was just so fresh you know the 808s and mm-hmm. like i don't know it was it was great
0: who inspired you for the early traps stuff? i feel like you're one of the early people who pioneered yeah i
1: mean I, I guess the first stuff I heard that really got me was like Bauer, Dum mm. Dum. Yeah, listen
0: to all of the and your stuff at the same time. Yeah,
1: it was around the same time. But those those guys got me into it. You know, um, Floss, mm. Bauer. Um, you know, and then there was like Jen Johns, and Loud Pack. Like all all those Gladiator. Those guys all kind of sparked the the inspiration. You know, mm-hmm. the, the early. Trap inspiration.
0: What was the big thing that happened after that bus tour? Like did you have did you have management after that or
1: no no no. I, I linked up with, with my manager Danny in uh, it was like 2013 maybe. And um, you know, my first I had an agent on Windish for a little while, which is really cool. Got to play a lot of cool stuff. But yeah, it was basically brick squad I think is like the turning point for like all that stuff, you know, just the, the trap wave. Um, that record really sort of did a lot for, for both of us, Mm -hmm. um, but, um, yeah, that was the start of it all.
0: And then people started approaching you.
1: Yeah. Just like, it was a lot more gig opportunities, a lot more collaboration opportunities. Um, you know, it was just, it was the right time I feel like Mm -hmm. for, for that sound, um,
0: With the success of that song, did you feel like you had pressure to replicate the success?
1: yeah I think all producers struggle with that Mm. you know it's like you set the bar you see you see like how people react to a certain song and you and uh, you know you see people reacting to it in a real positive way and I think a lot of people try to you know recreate uh, things that were successful formulas whatever genres styles but I guess it, you're kind of setting yourself up for failure if you if you do stuff like that. I, I, what I've kind of figured out, um, yeah, you just you just gotta like, just make shit from the heart, you know, and and um, just be in the moment. Mm-hmm. Make shit for yourself, stuff that you, that you really like.
0: How did you meet Snails?
1: Snails, oh man, um, I met Snails in Montreal at a club called Les Belmont and shit I can't remember the date it's probably like 2013 sometime <laughs> but I got booked to play a show up there and Snails was opening and I just like my first impression was, it was so it was so awesome meeting him He was just like this super happy bubbly yeah
0: I interviewed him soul. he has so much energy yeah
1: just really fun to be around and like I knew this guy was going to do something special and I think at the time he had this record called Bubble Gun, something bubble that was kind of getting him some, mm-hmm. some momentum. And then I think it was the following year after that, we, uh, we got together and wrote this track called Wild, which came out on Osla and yeah, that, that was super, another tune that really kind of struck a chord, I think,
0: mm-hmm. yeah. maybe with,
1: with the music community, because it was different, it was really different, you know, Snails is like, really good sound designer, and um, I think that, you know, the world was ready for for that kind of sound at that mm-hmm. point. After that, Snails just like, was just started crushing it, you know, and now, you know, he's he's huge now. But I yeah, I think that was one of the first ones that kind of yeah. started to build that wave for, <laughs> super fun working on that with him, like mm-hmm. we had all these cool Skype sessions, you know. <laughs> We'd be cheersing each other, oh, like, on Skype. And, and then, you know, from the beginning, I told her, I was like, bro, just wait. You know, you're gonna, you're gonna do really well. Yeah. And just get ready to have a lot of fun. <laughs> and, you know, here, here we are.
0: Yeah. <laughs> How about Ricky Remedy?
1: Remedy, oh man, yeah, he's, he's one of the dopest producers, man. Like, and it's cool, he's finally, like getting some shine now that he deserves cuz he's one of the most talented guys, you know. Um and uh I'm trying to think yeah, Remedy we we did some dates with him, did some shows with him, did a little collab with him. Um uh but yeah, he's he's amazing. Like one of my favorite still one of my favorite producers mm-hmm. for rap stuff, trap. Um but yeah. He's, he's definitely going far for sure. Yeah.
0: How has your style changed for the upcoming Safya?
1: Or is it style? Just, yeah. Um. Well, I'm definitely like feeling this new dubstep wave. Um, this this kind of rebirth of the dubstep sound. It's it's really dope. Um, so I, a lot of my stuff now is kind of going back in that direction, but still hints of, of trap and hip hop and. You know, it's, I think it still sounds like me, but um, you know, I'm definitely definitely feeling the dubstep more than than trap these days. You, mm-hmm. You'll definitely hear it in my in the next records that come out for me. They're definitely more dubstepy. Um, but I just wrote a track a couple of days ago with this dude, Pastat, who lives in in Hollywood. Um, really talented guy, up and coming young guy, but we just, we wrote one a couple of days ago that's like real hybrid-y trap vibes. So you know, I, I just try to dabble in everything really, you know, whatever I'm feeling.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Try to be diverse. Yeah. But, but I'm feeling the dubstep stuff, all this, like sudden death.
0: Mm. All these new yeah. guys
1: that are just, they're pushing the the sound design just like to the next level. And I just, I'm constantly in my studio just like scratching my chin like listening to these guys um just the way they get the sounds of this pop now it's just crazy but yeah, yeah. i'm into it it's, mm-hmm. it's definitely inspiring me all these these new this next wave of, of dub guys i mean i could name a million but sudden death stands out the most because i think he's i think his sound design is just on a whole different level than anyone else shout out danny yeah. <laughs> he's out he's out here in la too um, All the greatest guys are out here. Yeah. Uh,
0: What was it like growing up, and like with your twin sister?
1: Oh yeah. (laughs) Yeah. um, Having a twin has always been interesting. Uh, Growing up, it was it was more of a competition. Growing up, you know, she was always the uh, the star, uh, (laughs) academic. You know, like Val Victorian, straight A's. I was more of an average. I was a I was a B student, um, but yeah, we've been really close. Um, she has always been a huge support of everything I do. She comes out to the shows all the time, and um, she recently just had uh, twin boys. Yeah. So I've been I've been going over there and babysitting like as much as I can. Maybe you know every week or every other week, and, mm-hmm. and I'm trying to get them trained on. On music, I bought them a little keyboard. Already. Yeah. So we do music <laughs> lessons, and and I, you know, I've I brought my laptop and loaded up like Serum and some bass sounds, and <laughs> kind of you know just trying to see. You but,
0: can like do a collab. <laughs>
1: yeah. No, they're into it though. They, every time I like, show up now, they're like, "Keyboard, keyboard, Uncle Mikey, where's the keyboard?" <laughs> um, but they especially like like the the siren sounds and like the the build up riser sounds. They'll just hit a key and just you get to see their like. Face just light up. But I'm, yeah, I'm. I'm gonna be, you know, the uncle that that pushes the music thing on them. Cause I just it's something I have to do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's great. Yeah, mm-hmm. I've been, you know, part time babysitter, part time producer. Cool. I'm just trying to just keep it balanced. You know.
0: Yeah. How would you say you've grown as a person since you were younger?
1: Um. Well. Uh, you know, growing up, you know, with, with the divorce and the family is, is, is difficult. Um, but yeah, everyone, I feel like is dealing with that these days. Um, but yeah, it was, it was hard not having a pops around for, for a little while. Um, I don't know. It's, it's definitely made me like a, I don't know. It's made, it's made me tougher, I think, just mm-hmm. having to, to move across the country and, start start a new life in California um, and then living in the city in San Francisco is really I feel like it's really seasoned in me in a lot of ways I don't know I just I'm always upgrading learning new things you know mm-hmm. just trying to be a better person every day you know yeah.
0: what would you say have been your biggest challenges so far
1: biggest ch- life challenges
0: yeah
1: um, biggest life challenges uh, well I mean just Living as an independent musician full time is a challenge, Mm. you know. Especially living in California, uh, San Francisco, it's expensive. Yeah. It's it's unstable. It's up and down. Um, That's the biggest challenge I think I can think of right now is just, uh, you know, making a living, Mm -hmm. making a a good living off music. It's it's hard. Mm -hmm. Mhm. But it's doable, you know. Um, If you have. You have the right ambition, motivation, drive. Um, you can do it. It's doable.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But it's it's up and down. You know, it's not it's it's not stable at all. It, it could just like disappear in a, in a heartbeat. You know. Um,
0: what does success look like to you?
1: Success? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I think just honestly, just doing what you love to do, being being happy about it, being happy about. Waking up in the morning and and being excited about what you do, even if you're not making a bunch of money off it, I think that's success, you know um, if you can make it work uh, I, yeah my my perception of success has changed a lot over the years, like you know when you're younger, you think success is having the big house and all the money and the cars and um, I don't know, I think now success is more about uh family and and just like just being happy with who you are as a person and and you know what you do for your, the people you love I guess I don't know
0: mm-hmm Might yeah Might corny but <laughs> what does love mean to you
1: love yeah um geez it's a, it's a deep one
0: yeah
1: <sighs> love love to me is um I don't know, I, I guess I think about, when I think of love, I think of uh, my family and my, and my parents mm-hmm. and how they've always, no matter what, always been supporting me in whatever direction I go in life. Um, I guess that's like unconditional love. I don't know, I think, I'm just like, as I get older, like, the family connection yeah. for me is like really important like that's love you know like having people that really care about you you know cuz friends come and go but mm. the family thing like as the days go by I just get closer with my family and I and I want to know more about them and and you know it's I don't know I think that's love
0: yeah I love that yeah, yeah. <laughs> last question what do you be remembered for
1: I just I really just want to be remembered for being a good human being
0: mm-hmm.
1: that that makes all my friends and family smile, makes them happy, feel, feel good. Um, and you know, I, I want to be, I also want to be, I'd love to be known for the contributions I made to music as well. But I think more importantly, I just, I really just want to do, be a good person, do good, you know, and and just spread good vibes.
0: Yeah.
1: Just be known for that guy who's always smiling and happy and you know, making people feel comfortable and I don't know, I guess it's <laughs> simple, you know? Yeah. just want to be known as a good, a good human being.
0: <laughs> I love that. This is awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you. <laughs> Bye, guys. <laughs>